inhaled insulin. It's a form of insulin available now that acts faster than injectable insulin, affecting blood sugars in just about two minutes. Today's interview will get into what the inhalable insulin known as a Freza is, how it works, and what makes it an appealing form of treatment for T1Ds. Welcome to Diabetech. I'm Justin. I have type 1 diabetes, and on this podcast, I talk all things diabetes tech, news, and management with industry leaders, diabetes educators, and those thriving with diabetes. I had an episode called The Future of Insulin, where I got into all of the future forms of insulin that there may be. And we also spoke about inhaled insulin. There was so much buzz around that after the episode, which you got to listen. I'll put a link to that in the description that I knew I needed to do an episode all on inhaled insulin because I also had a ton more questions that I needed answered. So that is why I spoke with Ginger Vieira, a T1D who has been using the inhaled insulin since 2021. Ginger is an author, journalist, and YouTuber speaking on a bunch of diabetes topics like exercise, food, and treatment. Ginger has written a slew of books, including Exercise with Type 1 Diabetes, Pregnancy with Type 1 Diabetes, and Dealing with Diabetes Burnout. She has created endless articles and videos on diabetes for publications such as Diabetes Mind, Beyond Type 1, Healthline, T1D Exchange, and more. So she's done a lot in the community. I've thrown links to her website and her YouTube channel in the show notes if you want to check out anything she brings up in today's episode. So Ginger and I covered how she incorporates inhaled insulin into her treatment. She shows me what the device looks like and tells me about how it works differently than injectable insulin. I learned so much during this episode about Afraza and I can't wait for you to learn about it too. New episodes of this podcast release every Monday on YouTube and on podcast platforms, so be sure to follow wherever you prefer. And while you're there, if you enjoy my podcast, give it a rating. Also, if you'd like to gain access to exclusive videos, interviews, and Q&As, and you want to support the free content that I offer, head over to my Patreon. There is a link in today's show notes, and you'll have access to a lot more over there. And thank you so much for considering a donation. Keep in mind that anything you hear on this podcast or content on my social media and YouTube channel is not medical advice and is for education purposes only. Always consult with your physician before making changes to your healthcare. Now that we've got that covered, here's a conversation. Ginger, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. It has been a long time coming. Uh, we met, I guess, I don't know, earlier in 2023, and um, I'm glad we found uh, a good topic for you to come on and talk about today. It's a topic I'm very fond of talking about. Thanks for having me, Justin. I know. Yeah. Um, I watched your whole video on this on your brand new YouTube channel, which will, which I'll ask you about. Um, actually, I'll have you tell me about that now. Um, but I watched it. Uh, I learned so much, but I have so many more questions. So right. um, I'm hoping that this uh, conversation helps teach people a lot about it, but then they can go watch that video on your YouTube channel to learn even more about Afreza. Uh Tell us about your new YouTube channel though. I just launched Diabetes Nerd on YouTube, and it's really going to cover a wide variety of topics and a variety of types of diabetes, too. And so find me on YouTube, Diabetes Nerd. It's straight to the point, but diabetes information served in a way that, you know, like you, is fun and engaging and light. I've thrown a link to your podcast in the description so people can check it out after this. Uh, before we get into Afreza, can you tell me a little bit more about your background with like, how long have you had diabetes um, and what kind of treatments have you used? What kind of technology? Sure. 
So I actually developed type one when my whole family got the flu and it felt like my flu didn't go away. And so we know now, we didn't know this back then, but we know now that the stages of type one develop years before symptoms, right? But the flu might've, and there's anecdotal research on this, but they, nobody will say this as a solid fact, but the flu probably kicked my type one into overdrive and kicked into stage three. So if you've never learned about the stages of type one diabetes, and you have type 1 diabetes, you likely started developing type 1 years before you ever had symptoms. Google stages of type 1 diabetes, ginger beer, you'll find stuff on it. Uh, but I was sick for three weeks, and one of my classmates did his health fair project, the seventh grade health fair, on diabetes. And I had all the symptoms on his poster board. And I said, I think I have that. And my mom said, no, only old people get that. And my classmates teased me a little bit. They were like, oh, Ginger, how's your diabetes? And um, about a week later, I burst into tears because I felt so terrible. And uh, it was pretty obvious <laughs> after that, you know. Um, so since then, I really, I, I went to the hospital, obviously, like many people. I spent a few days in the hospital. And I truly left the hospital having realized that most of my friends, even by the seventh grade, had been through some pretty intense challenges in their life. I had friends who had hemophilia, one who had pa passed from leukemia, one who had a major brain tumor removed, a friend with depression, a friend whose father struggled with depression. You know, like it was, I could literally sit in my hospital bed and think of like, oh, none of these people have it easy. I guess this is my share of not having it easy. Right. So I left the hospital with that mindset. And that has really, I feel like, guided me um, through making sure type one never holds me back. I've never spent a second feeling sorry for myself. Yeah, that's a great perspective. Uh, what What about your your treatment since then? Or, or more re like, what, yeah, what types of technology have you used? So at the, uh, I lived, I grew up in Hanover, New Hampshire and Dartmouth Hitchcock Hospital, which is you know, kind of one of the renowned hospitals in the country. I was the first teenager at DHMC to be allowed to try using an insulin pump. So this was the year 1999, maybe 2000. I was diagnosed in 1999. So about six months after my diagnosis, they let me try an insulin pump. So that's how new pumps were, right? They were like nervous about getting kids on it. And I did use a pump for probably seven years. And then I just had a few, it wasn't the pump's fault. I just, I had a DKA episode where the freezing temperatures one winter killed my insulin. I didn't know it. I woke up the next morning, puking my brains out. You know, there was no CGMs back then. So there was nothing to alert me besides, you know, while I was sleeping that my blood sugar was over 300. And um, I just was having skin issues and I just got tired of it. So I went to MDI and multiple daily injections for anybody who hasn't heard that acronym. And I have been on MDI ever since. I, I did try a pump once during pregnancy for a month and I was like, nope, I don't like this. <laughs> and I have been, uh, you know, I managed both pregnancies, A1C and the fives and low sixes uh, with MDI. It's just, to me, it's a trade-off of what's more obnoxious and what can you tolerate, right? And everybody's different. And I really believe you can achieve the same management in any method, depending on what type of effort you are willing to put in with 
pumps, you got to put in mega effort dealing with technology all the time. With MDI, you got to put in mega effort with taking more mini doses of insulin, more injections or inhalations. It's a different juggling act. No way is easier or harder. Yeah. Are you on a CGM currently? Yes. I use a CGM. I have used really all of them. Right now, I use a CGM that cannot alert me ever. I um, got a little bit of CGM alert burnout after my second pregnancy, and I just could not stand the sound of being beeped at. So I actually stopped using a CGM for a few years, was pricking my finger a ton. And then I started using the Libre 14 day, which is the most simple CGM on the market. And I, you know, I have to manually swipe my arm, but I just, I don't want anything to beep at me ever. Wow. So, so the Libre 14, is that the Libre 2 no. that you're on? No, it's before the two. Oh, wow. I did not even know they make that. Okay. I don't know. I probably could go to the three at this point. I, I've heard you can silence all the alarms on the three, but I don't quite believe it. Uh, but I also, I really get annoyed when the, the Bluetooth connection is lost. With the Libre 14 day, if I want to check my blood sugar, I just scan my arm, I get the data. So I'm just like, I'm kind of, I have very little patience for technology. I am the opposite of you. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I mean, that's that's a whole other conversation that I would love to have another time. Yeah. Uh, I mean, a, like the last month alone, I've had maybe eight technology issues, failures, Um and I've I've thought about what life you know could be like without the technology and and considered maybe trying it. Um, but yeah, let, let's talk about that another time. I, I'm very curious to hear more. Why did you decide? Are you currently on a Frezza? Yes. And yes. why did you decide to start using it? I was actually very reluctant. So I had a couple friends who were using it, and I was at a uh, camp for adults. I was a speaker, and my friend was also there, and she was like, you got to try it. She loved it. She actually gave me a few samples and I took it home with me. And I didn't really put too much work into understanding how to dose it, right? I just was, I was high. I remember I was like in the high 200s this one afternoon. I was frustrated. I took a dose of Novolog, correction dose, but I was pissed off that I was that high. And I also took the smallest dose of a Frezza you can take. And I crashed because I was using it wrong, right? Just like injected insulin, you use it wrong, things aren't going to go well, right? Um, so after that, I was like, oh, I don't like this. Um, and I didn't crash like I needed glucagon. I just, I had a really sweaty low and it was really uncomfortable and, you know, ruined the afternoon. Then fast forward at least a year or two later, I started being assigned articles to interview people who use Afreza. And I, I had to interview like three or four people and I'm listening to their stories and I'm like, I need to give this another shot. And this time I did it by saying, I'm going to use a Frezza for as much of my rapid acting insulin needs as possible so that I'm removing this extra variable of Novolog, Humalog, right? Injectable, rapid acting. And I did that for a month and I fell in love with it. And for those listening, I want to be clear, you still need background insulin. Afreza cannot replace your background. So I was still taking Lantus long-acting insulin. Okay. Yeah. And we're going to get more into like the treatment. Um, 
How long has inhaled insulin been around? There's two types. There's only one type available today, but the first inhaled insulin, Exubera, was FDA approved in 2006, and it was a total failure. It was a, a failure. The inhaler was like the size of your forearm. I actually, I didn't know it at the time, but when I was in my early 20s, I actually in, was enrolled in a clinical trial for Exubera, and I didn't get placed on it, right? I was like the the placebo people. Um, but now I'm looking back, I can realize like, oh, that's what they were doing. And it was huge versus a Freza, which was FDA approved in 20, I think 2014, right? The inhaler for a Freza is teeny. I could hide it in my hand if I needed to, right? And it's just like mechanical. There's nothing electric about this. It's just like, nothing can go wrong. You know, you just put the cartridge in, close it. And just creates basically a transportation path for the the inhaled powder versus Exubera was this giant thing. It was almost like a huge inhaler device. It was much more technical. Do you know how widely available a Freza is to, I guess, yeah, anyone who wants to try it? Is it, is it only U.S. or is it outside the U.S.? It's outside of the U.S. bit by bit. It costs so much money to get things approved in other countries. And mankind who makes a Freza is a very, relatively very small pharmaceutical company. So if you look at their pipeline, I know they're working on or they've succeeded, but um, don't hold me to whether it's still in progress or not. But Brazil... India and Australia, I believe, is their current efforts of getting it approved in other countries outside of the U.S. So the U.S. was first. Okay. And I saw that Afreza is not for anyone under the age of 18. Do you know why? They, it's, just a, it's just more money to get FDA approved. So any medication has to have its own study in children to get FDA approved. So that mm -hmm. trial is actually happening right now. And you probably could still, I think they're still enrolling. So if you go to inhale dash one, uh, search that on Google, you'll find the, the study for people under 18. And I know a few people who are in that study. And um, so I anticipate it getting FDA approved in children in the next, hopefully, year or two. I don't know how long that process takes. Wow, that's amazing. And I think I can only imagine it's easier to get your child to, you know, just breathe in, you know, some insulin, then be like, come over, let me give you the shot or let me put on this, this pump site, you know? As an Afreza user, if my, I have two young children, six and eight years old, neither of them have type one. I've screened them for autoantibodies. So far, it looks like they hopefully won't ever have type one. But if they did, I would absolutely start giving them my Afreza. Um, if it wasn't FDA, you know, like, I think I'm allowed to say that no one can arrest me I because it's so it we'll get into all this, but it's so much faster. It's also out so much sooner. You don't have to dose as soon as you eat, which in a child, you know, it's like so hard to predict. Are you going to eat this meal or not? And how much of it are you really going to eat? So I know we'll get into all that. Yeah. And on that note with what you said, I said in the beginning of the episode, this isn't medical advice. And just to repeat myself, this is not medical advice. We're just Zero talking about medical advice. Ginger's experience. Yes. Yeah. So, okay. You kind of mentioned that it 
it's a powder that you're inhaling. Can you tell us a little more about like what is a Frezza? <laughs> what are you inhaling? It is powdered insulin and it goes into your lungs and gets absorbed by the, the cells in your lungs. So it's absorbed much more quickly because it doesn't have to work its way through all your fatty tissue. It's like it's taking a, a speed highway to get to your bloodstream because it doesn't have to rely on that whole fatty tissue system, right? And this is the cartridge. This is a, a four. So I simply, and you know, you hear four as a type one. I'm sure we'll talk about this. That does not mean four units of Novolog. They just, you can't even really compare them. It just is a four of a Frezza. Oh, some powder actually just popped out of there. Um, and you just close it shut and then and this was an empty one. So don't worry. I'm not going to go low in 20 minutes and then you take it out and throw it away. And it comes in these big packages. The packaging is actually my least favorite thing about it. Packaging is pretty annoying. You can break these apart into smaller chunks. So like I have this, what I carry around my house is a pencil case because I can just load it up with couple of these and but when I leave the house I take a couple of those sections and put it in my purse and I always make sure I've got extra inhalers tucked in my car my purse you know because I don't want to it's useless if I don't have the inhaler yeah and for people who are listening Ginger was just holding up like the packs of the the insulin cartridges it looks like to me it looks like a really really big like trident gum uh, yes. package. You know how you like pop them out yes. through that metal. It's just, but it's really big. It's probably like four times the size, a little thicker. I mean, it's, yeah, it's about the height of my face, but you can break them down into, you know, the length of your nose. So what, what makes a Frezza different than injectable insulin? And you kind of touched upon this. Yeah. It's the action and the amount of time it's in your system. And so it really, I am not exaggerating when I say it just changes the whole daily game of managing your blood sugar. Because when you're injecting rapid acting insulin, you have to think about insulin on board for hours afterwards. You also have to think about pre-bolusing because it takes so long to get going. You have that urge to rage bolus if you're high because you know it's going to take so long to get going. With a Frezza, there really isn't an urge to to rage bolus. There is no need to pre bolus except for like, maybe if I'm eating sushi at a Japanese restaurant, I know I'm about to really hit some intense carbs, but mostly I still really wouldn't pre bolus. I, I might take if I know I'm about to start eating, then I might take a dose if it's rice, or I just had two oranges and oranges hit me really fast grapes, right? But that's still not really a pre bolus. You also don't have to think about how long it's on board for hours and hours because it clears your system so fast. So a Frezza starts working, affecting your bloodstream within two and a half minutes. It is like making its way through your system. Crazy fast compared to it takes 15 minutes for an injection of Novolog to start like getting into your bloodstream, right? I mean, right there, that's that's like the pre-bolus, right? 15 minutes. Right. Versus two minutes. <laughs> exactly. The Frezza also, within 15 minutes, you can see it changing the number on your CGM or the arrow on your CGM. So if I know I'm rising and I take a dose of a Frezza, 
and I look in 15 minutes and I'm still rising, that would tell me like, all right, I need a little bit more of Reza maybe. But usually I'd look and I'd be like, okay, your Reza stopped that rise and it's going to start turning around in a minute here, right? Because there's also a delay in the CGM. So it just is more satisfying because it's faster. Then you don't have to worry about insulin on board because if I want to eat lunch at noon, but I want to walk my dog at one o'clock and my lunch was relatively low carb, I might only take a four or maybe it was even a little higher carb and it was an eight. The four is really mostly cleared your system within an hour. The eight cartridge, I would be conscious of it for two hours. But if I knew my lunch was still digesting and I took an eight, I really wouldn't worry about it that much walking my dog an hour later. Because I, you know, it, it, it all, you know, all those variables of what you ate and everything. Um, but it just, it's more like, I describe it as Novolog, Humalog, those injectable rapid acting. You got to get the dose, like, you got to hit it on the head with the hammer, right? And if you hit in the wrong place, you hit your thumb, it hurts. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like the best, you got to really nail it in terms of dosing and accuracy and timing. A Frezza, it's less of this like big commitment because it's in and out of your system so fast. It's more like throwing a blanket on the meal. And then if after 30 or 60 minutes, you're like, I'm going to need another blanket. You throw on another blanket because it works so fast. You can change your mind, you know? Yeah. You don't have to worry about stacking insulin as much here because with injectable insulin, I mean, that stays in your body for like it takes four hours, right, to to exit the body. Yeah. So I mean, cutting that down by seventy five percent down to one hour sounds a lot more comforting. Yeah. <laughs> for someone who who has had bad experiences, um, and also just way easier to tackle. More, it's more flexible. Like you can change your mind on the go. But I mean, even the the fact that you only have to that there's a two minute. Um, wait before it starts working yeah. sounds more flexible. I don't, yeah. sometimes I worry about, oh, well, I just ate. I don't want to just eat a dessert right away. Um, just because that's how my brain works now. Sure. But with a Frezza, it seems that you can keep, you know, stacking on food because you can quickly and easily, you know, affect it with it. Yeah. And there, so the drawback to how quickly it's out is like, here, I'll check my blood sugar right now. I didn't, so I just had oranges and tofu and I took two eights because oranges really um, hit me pretty hard. But I just want to keep an eye on, I'm 110, so I'm just going to stay there, right? And I'm not going to take more Frezza. So if, let's say I had a meal that was pretty slow digesting, what I just ate was very low fat it's, I probably won't need more insulin for it. But if it's more slow digesting, apple and peanut butter, for example, is not done digesting in an hour. It's also like a lot of uh, high, high intensity carbs in that apple. I buy the apples that are like the size of your head. So I'm going to need more insulin after that first dose has cleared my system. So the drawback to how quickly a Frezza is out of your system is that you do have to keep an eye post-meal on when you might need a follow-up dose. Now, I appreciate that flexibility because let's say I walk, I eat my lunch at noon, I walk my dog at one, and I had an apple and peanut butter. 
at one o'clock, I could still go for my walk and maybe halfway through my walk, I could take a second dose of Ephrezza because I know that I'm going to need more insulin, but I'm now adding exercise. You see what I mean? It's like I have this flexibility Mm -hmm. of, let's say on the walk, I start seeing my blood sugar rising above 130. I'm like, all right, I got 20 more minutes of my walk. I know I'm nearly ready for a follow-up dose. Instead of taking an eight, which I would if I was sitting at my desk still, I'm going to take a four because I know I'm still exercising. So I have this like extra flexibility of how I dose for things amidst physical activity, changes in your day. It's hard to explain. It's like, and you definitely, there's a learning curve to it because it's so different. Yeah. Take me into, you're, you're throwing numbers out. You're saying yes. four, you're going to take an eight. and to someone listening, they're like eight units for an orange. Like, right. What? Yeah. I know that. I know that there's differences in in the units and inhaled insulin. Can you kind of take us through the options in cartridge sizes and um, how they how they're used? Because one of the biggest reasons people with type one don't try it is because they think, "Well, I can't dose four units for a meal all the time." I'm five foot two. I use 10 units of long-acting insulin a day, if that gives you a sense of how insulin-sensitive I am, right? I'm a pretty small woman, right? And if I can make a Frezza work for my insulin sensitivity, nearly anybody could, right? So it comes in fours, eights, and twelves. They like to try to, to give you an idea. They like to say that it's roughly twice the amount of injected insulin. But once you start using it, you realize that that's really just a starting place. So they're saying a four of a Frezza is like two units of injected rapid acting. For me, it's really more like a four is about one unit. And, but I, I don't even think of it that way because let's say I ate a really low carb salad that had fat and protein in it. If I was using injected insulin, I would normally take probably one unit for that salad. With a Frezza, I'm going to take a four. And then after an hour, I'm going to take another four because the Frezza is out too quick. Right? So the Novolog would stick around and hang out with that high fat salad as it digests. The Frezza sticks around and then, oh, the salad's still digesting. So I'm taking another four. So it's really hard to do this equal comparison. You have to approach it with a totally open mind. Would you say that sometimes the short amount of time it's in your body is a, is there a downside to that? I mean, that it's probably the biggest downside is that you have to keep an eye on it or know, you know, you have to learn what you're doing, right? If I forget that second dose, then I'm going to be high and I'm going to look at him, but I don't have a CGM that alerts me. So, you know, I have friends who they get alerted when it's going over 140. They know oh, time for my follow-up dose. Right. I, I am going by, I just know, I just ate my lunch an hour ago. Time for my follow-up dose. Right. Yeah. Wow. Your whole no alerts thing really fascinates me. Like I'm very, <laughs> I'm curious to try it. Like I would love to, to go CG, go with a CGM, but not get alerts, uh, truly listen to my body, scan it when I need to. Um, yeah. 
maybe I'll try that at some point. I mean, there's a downside that to that too, right? But um, yeah. It, diabetes tech, it's not perfect. It's never yeah. going to be perfect, right? Yeah. And so, and, and everyone does it. Everyone's, everyone's different and everyone has different, you know, treatment plans based yes. off of their needs. When it comes to traveling with your Afreza, kind of what's your like, your pa- what are you packing for a day out? Hmm. Um, so, I mean, I, I keep this little zipper thing in my purse that's, I fit as much Afreza in there as I can. So probably like three of these, which is So each, nine. so you're showing nine? These are nine, eight cartridges. Nine and cartridges then, of eight units. Okay. Yep. And then I would, I could fit the same of the fours. I don't have the twelves. I just don't feel the need for them. If I'm eating a really high carb thing, I'll just take two eights and a bunch of four, you know, like it's fine. Okay. Um, yeah. So I would certainly not use that all in one outing. That would last me quite a few days of if I needed insulin while I was out. And you're not traveling with injectable insulin, right? You, you've got your basal, your 10 units. No, that's good to mention. I still take Novolog every day. So I still take teeny doses of Novolog every day where a Freza isn't appropriate. So for me, I usually fast. I'm a big fan of intermittent fasting. I usually fast until 12 or one o'clock. And at 8 a.m., pretty much every day, my blood sugar starts to spike because I'm fasting. Um, you're, you know, when you don't eat breakfast, your liver says, oh my gosh, what are we going to do for fuel? And it releases some stored sugar. So I take around 7.45, 8 a.m., I take a half unit of Novolog. That's also when I'm about to go run three miles. So I'm being really careful with how I <laughs> cover that, um, that fasting spike. But a Frezza wouldn't be appropriate there because it's in and out too fast and it's more than I need, especially if I'm about to go run. So I take that teeny half unit. Sometimes it's a quarter unit. Like I, I put a syringe in a pen and I draw out just as much as I, you know, I can barely see it. And again, I'm not a doctor and I'm definitely not your doctor. So um, that is one time that I would use a Frezza. I mean, Novolog, sorry. I also would take a dose of Novolog if I'm eating something really high fat, like pizza, cake, lasagna, where it's just going to take a while. I'm going to go at the meal with both Afreza and Novolog. So I like getting that little baseline. I'll take like maybe two or three units of Novolog. So it's this baseline. And then I'll use Afreza to just keep me for that first initial hit of the carbs. And then I'll use a Freza to keep, keep it down when I see it starting to rise. So I'm kind of tag teaming. Okay. How did you learn to do all this? I approached it with a completely open mind of, I'm just going to see what a Freza is capable of and then add Nova login. So for one month, I tried to use only a Freza and that gave me the chance to see where its shortcomings were, right? And what it wasn't as good at. So even for a meal that's not as intense as pizza, but um, just something that's really high in carbs, like, you know, a few times a year, I let myself eat a huge bowl of cereal. And I'm not a low carber, but cereal is just such a pain in the butt that I really only usually eat it on purpose if I'm dying, right? (laughs) So, but 
if I want to, if I say, all right, I am just going to have a bowl of peanut butter, Captain Crunch and honey nut Cheerios and mix them in. Right. And it's like, that's a really, and I eat dessert every day, but to me, that's like 150 grams of carbs packed in and it's not dessert and it's not real food. And so it's a treat. So I would take Novolog and a Frezza to tackle all of those carbs, because if I didn't, I would have to just keep hitting the Frezza over and over. Like in some ways, even though it's so fast and can correct the high blood sugar so quickly and stop a rising blood sugar, in some ways it's also a little weaker, right? Because it's a blanket. It's not this, it's not a hammer. And for some of those really dense carb situations or hormonal spikes, like if you just had an adrenaline-induced spike, a Frezza doesn't bust through that hormone spike because the way I picture it in my head, and I don't know if this is medically accurate, but it's what it feels like is wrong when I try to correct it with a Frezza, is the Frezza is just too light and the hormone is just continuing to tell my liver to release that stored glucose. And so the Afreza is like, hey, hey, and it's gone by the time it really needs to still be working. You know what I mean? So that's when Novolog comes in handy. Today's episode is sponsored by T1D Exchange. You can directly make an impact on diabetes healthcare, treatments, and technology by participating in the T1D Exchange registry. It starts with a simple survey about your life with T1D, and it only takes about 15 minutes. After that, you'll have a personal portal with ongoing T1D study and survey opportunities from research on technology, daily T1D management, and more. Plus, some of these studies even offer compensation Compensation. Signing up with the link in the show notes helps support my channel and it allows me to continue putting out free content. You can sign up at t1dexchange.org slash diabetic or click that link in today's show notes. Now for the episode. Take me into that time when you first started Afresa. How were you feeling going into it? And how long did it, let's start there. Let's start from the very beginning. What was that process like? I actually documented a lot of this called putting inhaled insulin to the test at beyond type one. And if you go to beyondtype1.org slash inhaled dash insulin, you will find like six articles I wrote there about getting inhaled insulin, my first month on inhaled insulin, um, why, you know, just a whole bunch of things like that. Um, I... I mean, I really, like I said, I just tried to approach it with a completely open mind. And the first month, most people find that they're very sensitive to it. So I was scared to take an eight before I had been on it for a few months because the four seemed mega powerful to me. And and people report this, that they're just really sensitive to it at first. So after a couple months... I started seeing the fours of like less of a kapow and more like one unit of Novolog. Um, and then you also, you'll experience that where the insulin has cleared your system and the food is still digesting and you start rising rapidly, right? Because the insulin is out. So if there's still food happening there, your blood sugar is going to be a straight arrow up if you haven't timed your next follow-up dose. So that's a, that's a drawback. And there are people I've, I've interviewed the CEO. There are people that have asked him, can you make this last longer, right? Which is, it's a funny thing to ask. Part of the benefit of a Frezza is how quickly it's in and out. 
But the downside that, to that is how quickly you can rise if the meal is still digesting and the insulin has cleared your system. Okay. So we've, we, we already covered this, but I just want to clarify. Your current treatment plan is you take a basal every day, 10 units. Yeah. Then you've got um, your Fresa throughout the day with meals. And then you're also taking very, you're taking some increments of Novolog in the, in the morning. And then also with like fattier foods that that is your treatment plan plus a CGM you scan. Right. Okay. Okay. Is it possible not to inhale the full amount of a Fresa? Like, can you just go like, do like a very weak inhale? Is that something, is that like label use? Like, how does that work? How do you know you got it all? Yeah, you don't. So that's part of what is also kind of nice about it is it doesn't have to be so exact. And we haven't even hit like carb counting, right? So yeah. when I was just showing you that empty cartridge and I went like this, a bunch of powder just popped out the back here, which means it, I didn't get it. So yeah, that the inhalation is a messier process than when you give yourself an injection. But when you give yourself an injection, if you're off by a half unit or one unit, depending on your sensitivity to insulin, your blood sugar goes haywire, right? Like for me being off by one unit could send me to 25. So with a Frezza, the nice thing is that the carb counting doesn't have to be this precise thing because again, you're throwing a blanket on the meal. You're not hitting it with a hammer. And on that same note, let's say I took more than I needed. Let's say I took my dose at noon and at 1245, my blood sugar is 90 with some type of down arrow. I know I don't actually have to panic at all because in 15 minutes, this will have cleared my system, that dose. So I know that I don't need to treat a potential low. I know the low is probably not going to happen. I can actually go walk my dog. And depending on what I ate, I don't need to do anything. You know what I mean? I might actually just need more insulin. So it's a lot easier once you learn how to use it to prevent lows and to treat the lows. And if you're using it wrong, your first low is going to be scary. And you're going to think, whoa, this is like, because you're just going to drop so fast. But once you learn how to dose it and the timing of how it's in your system, it's so much easier. Like I might treat a low blood sugar with two jelly beans, three jelly beans, right? But I know based on the timing of when I took it, I don't really need to worry about this the way I used to have to worry about a blood sugar of 90 with a down arrow. Well, let, let's get into the dosing process or, or the bolusing. What is the what is the carb counting process here? I think of it more as small, medium, and large. So okay. the low carb meals, I'll take a four. Any meal that has a, I mean, an, an apple. But when I say an apple, I'm talking about large apples, thirty grams of carbs. But even if it's a fifteen gram carb apple, I'd still take an eight. So for me, that medium dose is one eight for that, like, it's still for the average American, a low amount of carbs, right? <laughs> but um, an eight is plenty for my first dose for an apple as the primary carb in a meal. 
I don't know. Ask ask more specific if you'd like. Yeah. Well, are you saying you'll eat a 30 gram apple, you know, a larger apple, 30 grams of carbs, and you'll give yourself eight units of a Frezza, which amounts to four units of injectable insulin for that 30 grams? Kind of amounts to four units, but not really. It doesn't really because four units is going to be hanging out in my system for four to five hours. Four units, an eight unit of a Frezza is going to be hanging out in my system for two hours, right? They have to say on the labeling, like up to three, but you see the impact of an eight up to two. So trying to compare it to Novolog isn't going to help you. It's a whole other way of thinking. And I'm, and you can like see my face right now. I'm like trying to process it, Yeah. but it sounds like you truly can't understand it fully until... Kind of until you try it and you're, and you're, and you're you're using it. It's kind of cultish that it, it, like it feels like a cult when there's a a really great inhaled insulin group on Facebook where you can just peruse people talking about it. There's a guy on there who eats, um, he's a carnivore. He eats only meat basically. And so he likes to hack his fours. He breaks them open. And I did this a little at first when I was more sensitive to it. He takes them, opens it up. It's very easy to open these. This is empty, but, you know, it's just a little plastic bucket. And then he had his whole little method. And I, I did this too for a little bit. And I'd mark it so that, like, this has been now converted into a two. And he'd split the dose. So you save your empty cartridges so that you have empty ones to play with. I'd put Sharpie on the front and create twos. And I would love it if they made twos because if, when my blood sugar is 140, I want to correct that. And if I don't have food that's still digesting, a four would be too much. If I know I'm 140 and I know there are variables that might be keeping it up at 140, I'll take a four. But if I haven't eaten in a while, I would really need a two or I've got to go take a smidge of Novolog. So, so is that how you're correcting right now? You're, you're using Novolog, like on an empty stomach, you are correcting with very small amounts of Novolog. Yeah. I mean, most likely though, I, I'm at 140 because I still have some food in my belly and I can take a four. You know what I mean? Like, so I would say it's rare that I'm correcting with Novolog, but okay, I do still wish they had a two. Yeah. I'm surprised, and I'm surprised they don't. That's a good question. I've asked the CEO, and um, it's just, it costs a lot of money to then go put. It, I mean, it's it costs bajillions of dollars. You know, I can't give you the exact amount, yeah. but um, they have to really prove to the FDA that there's a purpose for creating a whole new dose. And, I mean, it's not an easy thing. They Just because inhaled insulin is approved doesn't mean they can just pop out twos and, and include it in the offerings. It's not that simple. Yeah. 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 Maybe we'll, we'll talk to the, I'll talk to the DIY community. Ask me, ask them if they want to hack a bunch of cartridges and, and <laughs> yeah, sell there them. You go. <laughs> that, that's a DIY. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, now Lowe's, I was watching your video and you mentioned that you, you've gotten fewer Lowe's when you started using a Frezza. Why is that? It's a few. I mean, the biggest reason is because you don't have all this insulin on board all the time. So you can really easily keep track of like, all right, I've that Fresa is about to clear. Uh, I'm totally 
able to go for this dog walk and I won't need any candy. You know, I'm active several times a day. I walk my dog twice a day, about two and a half miles. And then I do my own cardio at some point, run around with kids. I definitely was eating more candy, more glucose to treat or prevent lows during exercise, right? And always trying to time my meals before exercise. I mean, sorry, time my exercise for before eating so that I wouldn't have all that insulin on board. And I just, I still, I still do like to exercise fasted, but I don't have to think so much about, like, I, I would say I almost never go low during exercise anymore. And a big part of that is because I don't have a whole bunch of rapid acting insulin in my system all the time. How are the lows different than lows you would have experienced with uh, injectable insulin? They, uh, a CDE friend of mine, CDCES, she had a great, uh, she's a big fan of a friend that she had a great analogy. She said lows with Novolog, Humalog, injectable insulin feel like a train is coming at you and it just keeps coming at you, right? Lows with a Frezza, it hits and it just, the drama ends so much sooner and the lousy feeling ends so much sooner because it's out, right? It's just out of your system and you don't need to eat as much and you don't need to worry as much. Like you can treat the low and then not think about it versus with Novolog or Humalog, you treat the low, but you still have all that insulin on board for potentially several more hours, depending on the timing of when you took it. So you have to keep thinking about it and potentially keep treating it. Yeah. Does a Frezza have like a taste or smell? No. People love asking that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're, you know, you're putting it in your mouth. You have to like wonder. <laughs> but that's a good, that brings up a good thing. You do cough at first and some of that is just your lungs getting used to it. But some of it is also learning how to open the back of your throat and let the Frezza go in gently. And um, definitely... A dry throat before a dose of a Frezza is not a great idea. I keep water next to my bed all the time um, so that if I do need a middle-of-the-night dose of a Frezza to correct a high, I have water to sip right before because it, you just then you won't cough. When I had COVID, I definitely used less of Frezza because my whole you know respiratory system was having a hard time. Um, so if you, even just a sore throat or a general cough, it's like not as comfortable taking a dose of a Frezza for sure. More coughing. Okay. I'm very curious about what it was like getting on a Frezza. What was that insurance experience? Uh, what And how does even like a prescription, what does that look like? So let's start with, I guess, insurance companies, speaking with them about why you need this. It's tedious. You have to um, convince them that you basically are tired of taking injections every day. I don't know why anyone needs to explain that. Uh, It's ridiculous. But you basically, there's usually three requirements. And I'm actually having to do this all over again right now because my insurance just changed. It's like, yeah, of course, <laughs> everyone listening so, understands. Yeah, I'm very, um, I've recently reviewed what they want to hear. They want to hear that you basically have injection fatigue or that the traditional methods of taking insulin are not working for you. So um, injection fatigue, pump site fatigue, 
your skin's all beat up. Lipohypertrophy, which is the buildup of fat from injections of insulin. You, any of us are candidates for this. You might not even know you have it. It's just these little fatty tissue spots. And for some people, uh, you know, it's the importance of site rotation. If you inject in the same place over and over, insulin is a fat storage hormone and you're going to get scar tissue, but also this like hard fat stuff. So you can say you have lipohypertrophy and an endocrinologist needs to endorse this. So I definitely recommend getting an endocrinologist to write the script. My primary care was all for it, but endos are just better at fighting insurance with diabetes stuff. So I would um, go through your endo. Your endo might not want you to use a Frezza. And the main reason is because they don't understand it. And they only know about Exubera that failed. And they don't know or understand much about inhaled insulin. And they think it doesn't work in type 1 because the doses are too strict. So people get rejected a lot just by their endocrinologist, let alone their health insurance. But if you go to those Beyond Type 1 articles, print them out, send them to your endocrinologist. (laughs) You have to just basically educate them. Yeah, I find myself doing that. (laughs) a lot. Uh, and that's, what's so great about being able to find people like us, uh, whether it's through social media or online, you know, from articles, um, lived experience, a lot of endo, a lot of endos, you know, are tried and true with what they use and this is what they like to prescribe, uh, and, you know, aren't as experimental or, or, you know, advocating for new things. Yeah. How does it go about once you get that prescription, like, what does it, look like how are mm. how much are you asking for right because it sounds like to me there's such a large variation you don't have to do that math they will take your date daily insulin usage and calculate um and i don't even know how they write mine it's like it's like two combo boxes of fours and eights is and but there is like it's confusing because there's a way to write it based on cartridges versus units you don't really have to get into that. Your doctor should be guided by the paperwork. So your doctor has to fill out a bunch of prior authorization paperwork. So they've got to be on your team to get them to do all this. The prescription cannot just be sent to your local pharmacy. You want to go through Sterling Specialty Pharmacy, and they are the ones that process and ship a Frezza, and they have been awesome to work with. They call you up once a month, or you can approve it on your phone. They say, are you ready for your next shipment? And I... I don't even look at the date or what I've got in the fridge. I'm just like, yep, send it. And it shows up two days later or the next day. Afreza also has, if you can't get insurance approval, and I might honestly be in this category momentarily, you can. So if you have insurance approval, it generally costs $35 a copay, right? So um, $35 a month. If you can't get imp- approval, they have a patient program where it costs you $99 a month. And if you're on a really large dose of insulin, maybe um, someone with type 2 that's dealing with a lot of insulin resistance and needs uh, large amounts of insulin, it m- could cost more than 99 it's, I forget the next price. It's like one something. Uh, but 99 covers most people's use. And so that's nice to have that alternative. That doesn't mean it's cheap and easy to get, but it's still something. Yeah, that's great to know. What is there anything you don't like about a Frezza? The packaging. 
for sure. I have cut my finger a few times <laughs> or I've like just not been able to get this open, you know, like um, it's, it's a little annoying. I have a friend who he pops all the cartridges out and then he puts them in an Altoids container and he carries them around with him that way. So he doesn't deal with any of this. I haven't really felt the need to do that yet. I'm also a woman. I don't have pockets that are meant to be used. So um, in my pants, you know, men have these loose pockets that can contain an Altoids container. I don't have that. Um, and then, I mean, the same thing I love about it is also something I need to be always really aware of is how quickly it's out of your system. When I do have a spike up to the high 200s, it's because I missed my follow-up dose. Right? So I took my original dose. I got really distracted. This is part of why intermittent fasting is good for me. I, I get really sucked into my workday. And so I save my more heavier meals or carbs for later in the day because I'll remember to dose my insulin for them versus I eat more low carb or lighter during the day, um, during the first part of the day. But yeah, so those are probably the two things. Okay. And you mentioned there's a, a cough that can sometimes happen. Are there any other common side effects no, it's been studied. People love to say, well, I don't know if that's safe for your lungs. And I'm like, it's been studied. The only people in this study who developed lung cancer were two smokers. And you potentially, just because you have asthma doesn't mean you can't necessarily use it. There are people with asthma who still qualify. So don't let a pre-existing lung condition necessarily make you think you don't qualify to use it. You got to dig into that a little deeper. Some doctors require pulmonary testing, lung testing, just to test your lung function. People ask me if my lung function has decreased. When I started using this, I was running two miles a day. Now I run three. So I don't think my lung function has decreased. I can jump rope for 45 minutes. I feel fine. So I don't know. It's not a very scientific okay. study for you, but I'm not like huffing and puffing, right? Um, yeah. Yeah. Great. What would your advice be to someone who is curious of a Frezza, but they're, they're afraid of coming off of their automated system? If you are looking for a pump vacation, a break from the technology, a Frezza would be, what's, what's, this sounds so weird, but what's fun about it is you you get to think about managing type one diabetes in a whole new way because it is such a different game. So it's kind of refreshing. It's like, I've lived with type one for 25 years. It is refreshing. It's like, Oh, this just totally changed this hour by hour nonsense that I deal with every day. And now I'm going to think about it this way. And it, like just that shift, even though it's still work over here, it's like, it's like getting a new job after you've had the same job for 20 years. It's like, ah, a new job. This is refreshing, right? So, and there are people who have pumps and just use a Frezza for quick corrections. So they like being able to just get that high down quickly. And it works so fast from what they described that it doesn't get in the way of the AID system, right? It Because it's like down. I mean, I can correct a high blood sugar in one hour and I can go from 270 to a hundred and I don't crash because it, 
out. Right. So it's just a refreshing, refreshing game. And it feels so much more flexible, way fewer lows, way fewer carbs trying to treat or prevent lows. Also, when you're in an airplane or you're like bundled up in snow gear, I don't have to find bare skin to take an injection. You know, you've been on a pump so long, but I don't have to do that. I can just go, and people think I'm probably getting stoned, and that's fine. <laughs> you know, I've gotten some weird looks at the playground and on airplanes. Oh, wow. I didn't even think about that on <laughs> an airplane. Sometimes when you take an inhalation, not all the time, but every now and then, a little, like, after you're finished dosing, you exhale, and there's, like, this little just light little powder puff that could look like smoke. <laughs> wow. Uh, Ginger, this was such an awesome conversation. I learned so much. I'm very curious about a Fresa now, um, about using it or implementing it into, yeah. I mean, even potentially my automated use, but just going on a break, um, even a break from alerts and getting mm. a CGM that doesn't give me alerts yeah. um, sounds like a like an interesting experiment. Um, yeah, this was this was so fantastic. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, and if if you're listening, please go over to Ginger's YouTube channel. Uh, there are so many interesting uh, topics. What Ginger? Why don't you tell some people some topics that you've um, recently talked about on there, or or something you're excited about that's coming out soon? Sure. Uh, so I just hit what are the best candies to treat low blood sugar, explaining why that even matters to think about. Not all candies created equal. I'm uh, explaining taking metformin. I take metformin with UND. I didn't add that to your treatment list because that opens a whole ball of wax. Um, but I take metformin and that's been awesome uh, for managing Down phenomenon. So I explain that in a YouTube video. Also just how metformin works, how Ozempic works, that bound in Mount Jaro. Um, I have one coming out on DKA and a lot of your listeners are people who are very experienced in type one likely. Uh, So I'm really starting with some bigger, broader topics and then I'm going to get more into the nitty gritty. But if you go to gingerviera.com slash diabetes, I have hundreds of articles organized by category that I've written over the last decade for different websites. And there is a whole section on inhaled insulin there. Um, most of my inhaled insulin content is at Beyond Type 1, but I have other articles elsewhere that dig into the experience of using it. And I know we have bounced all over the place in this conversation. It is so hard to explain it in one concise sentence because as soon as you start explaining this, it's like, oh, but also this. And so thank you for bearing with me as I ramble around. Of course. Thank you for coming on. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you have any questions about Afreza, comment them on YouTube and Ginger and I will do our best to answer them. Also, be sure to go over to Ginger's YouTube channel and watch her video on Afreza. She's also got a lot of other helpful videos. I've thrown a link to her YouTube channel and her website in today's show notes. Also down in the show notes is a link to the T1D Exchange Registry. It helps support the channel when you sign up, but you're also helping push diabetes research and treatment forward and sometimes you get compensated for filling out those surveys. New episodes of this podcast release every Monday, wherever you listen and on YouTube. I've got links to my YouTube channel and social media accounts in the show notes. I'm Justin, and I'll see you next week.